Well, good morning, everyone. Before we move forward into the new year, I wanted to rewind just a little bit back to uh, Christmas Eve services. Uh, right here, right now was our theme. And I just want to thank you all for coming and, and thank you for inviting so many people, your family members, friends, neighbors, coworkers, whatever. Uh, thank you to so many of you who served, uh, some of you at multiple services. It was just an awesome uh, three-day run here uh, in Ankeny and across all of uh, the other Hope campuses. A lot of people got connected to uh, this church and to uh, the, the love of Jesus because of uh, who you are and, and how you're living out this call to be the church. So thank you for that. Keep inviting, uh, keep uh, reminding people to come and that there's a place for them uh, here at Hope or other great churches around town. It's really cool to see what God is up to. Um, we're starting a new year, starting a new message series, starting a new uh, theme for the year, and it's kind of uh, weird when Christmas falls on Sunday and then New Year's Day falls on Sunday. We weren't quite sure what to do. Should we cancel services? Should we combine services, just have one service? Should we just have a giant pajama party and invite people to come in their pajamas? But that quickly put an image in our mind that we thought would not be good or welcoming. So we thought, let's just go with the regular run of things. Uh, the sermon today is called First Things First, and it's just a reminder as we're getting going in, in a new year, where should our priorities be? What's the point? What's the central focus of all this? Uh, but we wanted to have a little bit of fun, and so the uh, subtitle is Hope Ankeny Goes to the Movies. And what I want to do is just, I'm going to show five of my favorite movie clips, and we'll connect it into uh, being followers of Jesus and uh, living a life of faith and that sort of thing. So before we get started on the clips, sometimes people ask, why? Why do you show movie clips? I don't, I don't come to church for movies, and I get that, and I understand that, but I actually think Jesus would play movie clips if he was uh, on earth now doing his ministry. This is how Matthew talks about the teaching of Jesus, Matthew chapter 13. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. Not sometimes, but always. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. And so Jesus was uh, willing to do whatever it took or take advantage of whatever was at his dis disposal to try to help people understand God more. So he would use stories that connected to their everyday life. And I, Jesus was a master storyteller. And I think some of the best storytellers in our world are movie makers, and so that's why I will often show movie clips. Uh, this actually is part of prophecy. Verse 35, Matthew writes, This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet, I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. So just as much as uh, the prophets would say the Messiah was coming, uh, the Messiah will be virgin born, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem, part of what the prophets said is when the Messiah comes, he will teach using parables, using stories. And so I try to do that uh, pretty frequently. The, the first movie that we're going to look at, uh, as a reminder, first things first, is Forrest Gump. And it, it's always a little surprising to me how old this movie is getting. And so I want to read this verse. Let's, let's all read this verse out loud together as we get going. It's on the screen. Read it out loud with me. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. So uh, Paul is hearkening back, Paul who writes the letter to the Romans. Uh, he's hearkening back to Jesus who summarizes the whole teaching of the Old Testament by saying it's all about loving God 
and loving others. Every law, regulation, commandment of the Old Testament. And Paul, who was a Pharisee, he knew all about the laws and the commandments and the regulations. He loved them, and yet he understood it all is about love. Uh, Jesus would say, they will know, the world will know that you are my followers by the way you love one another. And so if we're talking about keeping first things first, the starting place has to be, do we know love? Take a look at this clip. Not a smart man, but I know what love is. And, and you look at the way Forrest lives his life. You look at his most important relationships with his mom, uh, with Bubba, with Lieutenant Dan, with Jenny. And it's pretty clear he's living his life focused not on himself, but on what does it look like to love those people in my life and, and to love them well. How do I put them first, make them my priority? I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. And as we get started in 2017, maybe a really good question for you to ask as you head into this year is, do you want to know what love is? Is that a foreigner song or something? <laughs> I want to know what love is. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure that's the kind of love we're talking about. But, you know, do you understand that there is a God who loves you with an everlasting love? And then does that love fill you up in such a way that you want to share it with the world around you, the people in your life? That's what it's all about. That's keeping first things first. And that leads to um, the next clip from a movie called About Time. Loving people, loving people well, it has a lot to do with how we spend our time. What do we focus in on? What do we prioritize? This movie is, I don't know, four or five years old now, and it centers around this relationship between those two people you see on the screen. Uh, the man in the picture, when he, the movie begins, he's 21, having his 21st birthday, and his dad tells him there's a secret in our family. The males in our family all have the ability to travel back in time. Only during our lifetime, we can't travel forward in time, but we can relive things in our life and try to do things differently. And so much of the movie is him experimenting with this superpower. And at about halfway through the movie, the father and the son are having this conversation and the dad says, here's really the point of this. Sometimes you'll have bad days. And so it's great to just go back and relive that day. But here's the key. Here's the secret. Start looking for little moments um, you're, maybe you're riding the subway into work and the person next to you has their uh, music playing way too loud and it's annoying, but go back through and instead of being annoyed by it, just join in and jam with them and sing along with them. Or when you're uh, ordering your coffee or your lunch, pay attention to the face of the, the worker who's serving you. Maybe they are having a great day and they've got a smile that will make your day better. But just start, so many times we think about love we think it's got to be these big and grandiose kinds of things. But more often than not, it's in the little things, in the little moments, in the ordinary uh, kinds of realities. And this movie is really good about highlighting that reality. So uh, at the end of the movie is this clip we're about to watch. He actually takes it a step farther than uh, the lessons his dad was teaching him. And he says he thinks he's learned the real lesson, the real secret, the real importance about traveling in time. Take a look. He doesn't travel back in time at all anymore. Instead, he tries to live every day relishing this remarkable ride. That's a pretty good goal for us, isn't it? How can we learn to relish the everyday moments of our lives? I heard somebody say one time, you cannot love in a hurry. You cannot love in a hurry. 
but we are almost always in a hurry, aren't we? Uh, as, as parents, I think we're always in a hurry. Hurry up and, you know, brush your teeth. Hurry up and get dressed. Hurry up and you cannot love in a hurry. What, what does it look like for us to learn to be present in the everyday moments so that we can love well? And so part of, part of the, one of the obstacles is we're in a hurry, and, and so that makes it difficult for us to love the way that we're supposed to love. Uh, one of the obstacles is we are almost always thinking about something that we regret, something in our past, and we're not able to take advantage of every opportunity. Read this verse with me, Ephesians 5. It's on the screen. Read it out loud with me. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. And if we can learn to do that, more often than not, we're going to become people who love better. Uh, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. You made it to the 915 service on New Year's Day. Clearly, you were not fools last night, so hats off to you. Um, the 11 o'clock crowd's going to get it. Anyway, uh, sometimes what it looks like to live like a fool is to be in a hurry. Sometimes what it looks like to live like a fool is to kind of be stuck in our past, in our regrets, in, in our mistakes. And that gets us to our next clip from the classic movie, Dumb and Dumber. <clears throat> Harry and Lloyd, they're so amazing. Anyway, uh, they find this briefcase and they think somebody has lost it. And so they're trying to return it from uh, Rhode Island or somewhere. And they're heading to Aspen to return this uh, uh, briefcase to its rightful owner and uh, having this road trip adventure along the way, taking turns driving and uh, they get to uh, almost to Colorado, you know, all the way through Nebraska and they switch drivers and Lloyd ends up going back the wrong direction. Take a look. I'm still surprised that movie didn't win any Academy Awards. <laughs> Uh, totally redeem yourself. We're all in need of redemption, aren't we? And the truth is we can't redeem ourselves. Uh, we've made mistakes. We're, we're, none of us are Mr. or Ms. Perfect. Uh, we all make mistakes. And our faith reminds us we have a God that understands that's going to happen, but we have a God who's in the redemption business. Again, let's read this verse out loud together. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. And so the point is, if we're going to love well, uh, we can't be in a hurry, we can't be stuck in regret, we have to understand there is a God who is transferring us into this new kingdom, a God who redeems our past and gives us a future and a hope. Um, part of what that means is we have to constantly be reminding ourselves who we are, What's our identity? There's so many voices at work in our lives and in this world who try to convince us that this isn't true for us. That, sure, maybe God will forgive us once or twice, but man, you've, you've kept messing up a hundred times. God, there's no more redemption for you. And that couldn't be further from the truth. God's always there to redeem us because we are God's children, God's beloved sons, God's beloved daughters. That's who we are, but it's so easy for us to forget that um, Woody in Toy Story has a hard time remembering who he is. He often forgets who he really is. And so I want to show you this scene from uh, Toy Story 2. Uh, he gets, I think, sold at a garage sale, uh, uh, 
a guy who is a toy collector uh, gets a hold of him and is wanting to sell him and, and to make some money. And in this scene, Woody discovers uh, his true identity, who he really is. Take a look. Jesse says to Woody, didn't you know your valuable property? And when you read through the pages of Scripture, you will see God saying to us in page after page after page, didn't you know your valuable property? I think sometimes we think, well, yeah, in the New Testament, maybe we see Jesus goes to the cross because he loves us enough. He wants to, you know, pay the price for our sin. We're valuable property, I guess. I see it. But it's all the way through. We see it in the Old Testament as well. Uh, God shows up in the life of a, a man named Abraham and his son Isaac and his son Jacob and become the nation of Israel. And as Moses is leading them to the promised land, uh, Moses tells the people, here's, here's what God says about you. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 18. The Lord has declared today that you are his people, his own special treasure. Turn to somebody close to you and tell them you are God's special treasure. Go ahead and do that. You're God's special treasure. You're God's special treasure. You might not even want to hear it, but we're going to say it to you. Jared back there in the booth is the one that puts together all these clips for me. Jared is God's special treasure. Can we praise God for people that know technology like that? It's pretty amazing. We're God's special treasure, and a lot of times we live our life as though we don't know that, or we've forgotten that, or we don't believe it. And over and over and over again, one of our jobs as followers of Jesus is to remind one another, remind ourselves, this is who we are. This is who we are. And that love, it compels us to live the life of a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. And that gets us to uh, the final clip. Yes, we are loved by God, and we have room to grow. Uh, there's always a next step for faith and, uh, as God's love continues to fill us and change us and that sort of thing. This movie, I don't know, uh, sometime in the mid to late 90s, I suppose, it came out. And Jack Nicholson plays a reclusive author. His name is Melvin. Uh, he's just kind of a jerk. Uh, but he also suffers from some mental illness. He's got OCD tendencies and uh, that sort of thing. He's falling in love with a waitress played by Helen Hunt. And uh, somehow they befriend uh, the Greg Kinnear in the middle, and they, they end up going on a road trip. And at, at one point in the movie, they're kind of lamenting that life isn't going the way they want it to go. And somebody questions, somebody asks, what if this is as good as it gets? You know, what if it doesn't get any better than this? This is just the way it's going to be for the rest of our lives. And it's more of a lament, but part of what the movie shows is there is always hope that things will get better and that uh, life can be as good as it possibly can be as, as we keep living life, different relationships and that sort of thing. So the clip I'm going to show you, Melvin finally gets Helen Hunt to go out on a date with him. And they go to this restaurant and as they're waiting for a seat, uh, the maitre d' or the uh, host says to him, you have to wear a coat and a tie in this restaurant. And they have one for him to try on, and he's like, his OCD goes, I, I'm not going to wear that germ-infested thing. So he takes off, goes to a store, buys a new suit, and then he comes back, and finally they're ready to have their meal. And he says to Helen Hunt, I don't understand this place. I've got to wear a suit, but they let you in looking like that. Oh, yeah. And so she gets up to leave, uh, but he, he convinces her to stay. And she says, I'll stay, but you have to give me a compliment. So 
take a look. One more verse uh, we'll put up on the screen. Read this out loud with me. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So the reason we gather for worship every weekend and the reason we have classes and ministries and programs and places where we can serve is because uh, it helps us follow and become imitators of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And the hope is as we understand Jesus more and know him more, it's going to make us want to be better people, better men and women, better husbands and wives, better parents or kids, brothers and sisters employees, employers, whatever the case may be.